welcome to today's podcast. Today we are solving one very complicated problem here and we're going to talk about a specific scenario. Now, this may or may not be true. I do have to cover that, but obviously I am going to act as if this is true. So, Diane, I'm going to tell you what happened today. So it was one of my staff and uh, this particular girl was working in pairs with another member of staff and we got a phone call to the office and she said I've got a chemical burn on my hand I don't know what it's from what should I do okay so we were like well what could it be from what chemicals have you used well I was dusting the bedroom there's only one chemical I've used which happened to be the floor spray which we know is not particularly bad but I did move an after what looked like an aftershave bottle that appeared to be leaking what would you do at this stage Diane yeah so I think my response is ouch um from the point of view of obviously if she's got a burn that's gonna hurt but also what's what's gonna what you're gonna do as a business here in terms of you know this is health and safety this is yeah it opens a a pandora's box doesn't it this is every business owner's worst nightmare i've got a chemical burn and i don't know what it's from so so of course the next step to us was right get your hand running under water hopefully water's the right thing that's the best thing we've got does it look is it getting worse have you got any other symptoms any breathlessness any other symptoms do you need to go to hospital and she seemed to be saying well it's not that bad and we said okay can we find out what this product is because it's highly unlikely to be our floor spray she's used that regularly we know it's not particularly toxic so very unlikely to be that so we got hold of the customer and it actually turned out that this bottle contained hydrogen peroxide that their partner was using to treat a wound. So it's to clean out a wound on a regular basis. So we now know it's hydrogen peroxide. Of course, it's in a completely unmarked bottle. Start to unravel this, Diane. <laughs> oh, and there's more for me to add as it unfolds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, this is this is a big challenge. With this is why we don't allow chemicals to be put in unmarked bottles. This is why there are product labelling laws. But yeah, in somebody's home, that's the sort of thing that people do, isn't it? And it's a hazard your team might come across again. And, and you've really got a whole load here. So you've got your kosh rules that have been broken, unmarked bottles. Did it have a suitable lid? Probably not. If she'd moved that bottle onto another surface and it had damaged that surface, is she now liable for this leaky bottle, which was unmarked? And of course, she's now got a chemical burn. And we're going, okay, we now know what it is. and But we still don't know the concentration of the product. And hydrogen peroxide, the, the effects of it are very different at different concentrations. So and it does not mix well with other chemicals. No, I mean, luckily, given that she was only using the floor spray, it was highly unlikely it was actually mixed with any other chemicals in this particular case. But so we didn't have to worry about that. But of course, if that was in the bathroom, we could have sprayed bathroom product all over it, hydrogen peroxide on the side, and then we've got some unknown gas being released as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. So I said Pandora's box here, isn't it? <laughs> Okay, so we've got a health and safety incident with the hand. So we now need to do first aid. Uh, really, it's run it underwater, isn't it? And if it gets worse, it's get get to A and E. Yeah, I can tell you, my A and E has an eight-hour wait, so let's avoid A and E where possible. But so it's running underwater. And then, what about the cosh breach? I mean, do we have any comeback to the customer? 
It's difficult because, you know, that's why we have to do risk assessments, isn't it? And why our team have to wear PPE because they don't actually know what they're going to be coming across. Yeah. So is it a is it a customer? You know, I mean, yeah, we would probably go back to the customer and say, please, can you make sure that anything like that is put in a cupboard out of out of reach? But actually, it's their home. People do things like that in their homes, don't they? And the reality is, I mean, she was dusting a bedroom we obviously issue disposable gloves she in this case had chosen not to wear disposable gloves but dusting a bedroom is at a high risk area do you need disposable gloves because you know from a normal risk assessment there isn't actually much that's risky she can wash her hands we're going to stop cross contamination but she shouldn't be coming across any chemicals in a bedroom no she shouldn't be but she did she so, did yeah so do would you then if you were the business owner for, for this person that has the business here should they change their risk assessment to now say we have ppe you wear gloves everywhere yeah what well, do you we, do yeah we give our we give our team disposable gloves to wear everywhere they have nitrile gloves to wear over the top when they're cleaning bathrooms and kitchens but yeah they are encouraged now to wear disposable gloves everywhere but it's not mandated it is their choice when it comes to the disposable ones and this is the thing as business owners, I think you have to supply enough gloves. There has to be enough gloves for every room in every house. And 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 I would always do that. But the reality is you can supply the PPE. Can you make people wear it? And, you know, there are times when you categorically must do it and there would be disciplinary, disciplinary offences for not wearing the right PPE. But dusting a bedroom, it's not. You know, would I give a disciplinary if you didn't wear gloves? It's not a high risk area. We're not in, you know, it, it was a family home. There's no illness. We're not really in a particularly dangerous situation. So what are yeah. you going to do? It's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think for the staff member it's a disciplinary matter at all. It's no. more a case to support them and obviously, you know, fill out an accident form and yeah. Now this is one, accident form. So this doesn't come up very often. So is it now the law on this i think you have to fill in an accident form or have an accident book if you have 10 or more staff and you must fill that in mustn't you so this is fill in an accident form um, and if you do have 10 or more staff you should have that already printed ready to go yeah and you can you know you can keep keep your accident book electronically you know you just need to record it yeah um, how it happened whether there's anything you can do to protect, prevent it happening in the future and what action has been taken at the time to obviously in this case you know burn on the finger what did you do supported through some first aid advice um, and monitored I suppose yeah it's really really tricky now let's add in another complication because we love a bit more complications turns out said person's pregnant yay <laughs> 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 we're laughing because as business owners you just go oh head in my hands yeah. now I have a problem yeah. <laughs> I thought I had a problem before now let's throw in that yeah what would you do Diane and that's that's a difficult one again isn't it is so is is it higher risk because this person is pregnant that's that's the the, the assessment you have to now make isn't it should they therefore actually I think you should see a doctor just in case that would probably be my advice. Maybe yeah. not A and E. You might get to see a doctor quicker, surprisingly, than your GP. But actually, maybe they should seek some medical advice just in case. Yep. Your Wi-Fi is breaking up a little bit again, Diane. So yeah. So it's if someone's pregnant, it's always go and seek medical advice. But then 
So let's talk about pregnancy because in our industry, we are, there is a higher proportion of women than men. Therefore, there is going to be more pregnancies um, than perhaps one that was more equally distributed. And of course, because we work family friendly hours, obviously there's a lot more children. It's a perfect industry for having babies in. I've had two babies working in this industry. I think it's wonderful. Um, but a lot of people are scared. Both cleaners go, well, I don't know how to cope with this. And business owners go, oh no, oh no. What? How much is this going to cost me? What is this going to do? But that's not the case, is it? I I actually quite like quite like pregnant people. They They're not... You know, I, remember our first baby. <laughs> I, I remember our first baby. I remember our first baby. Yeah, first team member had a baby, big baby shower. It's lovely. It's, it's something to be celebrated, isn't it? And it's a great job and a great business to fit around families. So it shouldn't be something that we fear or that we don't know how to deal with. And obviously, as with the DCBM, we provide a, a risk assessment for pregnant workers because that's your first step for me. If you find out an employee is pregnant, that's the first thing you need to do is you need to go through the risk assessment with them um, and talk about some of the things that they need to yeah, be aware you're broken of. Up. I'll keep going. Yeah. Um, and it is, I mean, there's all the main problems is I find the biggest problem with pregnant people is obviously morning sickness. That's an issue. There's increased appointments. There's ways of dealing with that. There's backache. Uh, there's exposure to chemicals. Now gloves do become mandatory. So whereas we said, actually, would you wear gloves for dusting a bedroom? Well, unfortunately, our risk assessment has now changed. As soon as someone says they're pregnant, it's like, right, you're wearing gloves. <laughs> you are wearing them, whatever now. So the risk assessment does change as the situation and scenarios change, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. And things like working at height. So we don't work at height specifically, but we might climb on a little step ladder, for instance. Well, pregnant, you can't do that. That is in our risk assessment that that's a risk of high blood pressure and therefore fainting. So going on a little step ladder might seem a simple thing, but that's not allowed once you're you're working for us and you're pregnant. Yeah. And I guess we're quite lucky um, in this industry, access to water, food, toilet breaks. Yeah. They are so easy access that we don't really have to worry about a lot of those things. You do just have to remind them you must drink water. You can help yourself to water in anyone's house. Make sure you've got water in the car. Make sure you eat. But beyond that, actually, it's not really our responsibility, is it? We just have to make sure they have access to it. Exactly. And, and like you say, because we're in people's homes, we do have easy access to breaks and water and, and toilets so that's all great what about lone working though do you know it's is it higher risk when you're pregnant honestly do you know I haven't looked into this because we don't loan work is it higher risk when you're pregnant I can't see why it is particularly higher risk I guess that everything you'd put in place for loan working if you had regular contacts regular check-ins um you know you knew where everyone was they always carried a mobile phone um why would that change because they're pregnant unless they were then suffering fainting episodes of course if you had then started to see symptoms and the risk assessment change then your loan working would change but just being pregnant wouldn't necessarily change loan working I guess the only thing that would change is if you had to do a lot of vacuuming or you had to move heavy things or that definitely would change with being pregnant but I think that would change whether they're alone or not I guess you've just got less flexibility if they're alone yeah I, I agree and, and yeah we obviously as the DCBN and in, in our businesses we have loan working policy and we have the pregnancy risk assessment and the two kind of work together um, so yeah because most of our team works solo and we've actually got two pregnant team members at the moment 
congratulations. I know, I know. Now, two more babies. Let, let's cover the brutal part, the money side. So a lot of business owners hear pregnancy and go, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to pay them for a year and it's going to break my bank and I haven't got enough cash flow to cover this and what am I going to do? Let's get rid of them as quickly as possible. And that is what I hear sometimes. And I'm like, no, these people will be some of the most loyal, brilliant people. If you look after them, they will look after you. So obviously you are completely up to date. You've got pregnant people. I, I haven't been through pregnancy, if I'm honest, for a couple of years. Not me personally, but as a business <laughs> for a couple of years. We've done it lots in the past. Um, what is the latest laws? Because I know you can claim quite a lot back, can't you? Yes. Yeah, so um, so obviously, you know, if they're eligible, then they get maternity pay. But you claim that back plus a percentage. Um, so technically, it doesn't actually cost you anything um, when they're when they're when they're on maternity leave um you they do accrue holiday pay though so you do have to account for that in in your financials um and i think where people sort of struggle a little bit is perhaps if there's sickness because of the pregnancy then that can cause issues because obviously then they'll be on statutory sick pay which you can't claim back however Having said that, if you're a small employer, then you actually get um, employment support allowance, which actually covers sick pay anyway. So you you can sort of get it back. Okay. So it's not really to be frightened of financially, I don't think. Um, you just have to be really careful about your planning of it, I think, more than anything. I think it's the, the logistics of it. When they leave, do you provide temporary cover for them or, you know, how, how do you cover for their absence, I suppose? But I think you know for a lot of small business owners a lot of us would say actually I would take that person on and probably keep that person when my my pregnant slash new mum returns that's exactly so, what we would do yeah so we'd say we've got two that are both pregnant at the same time and we're definitely we'll we'll hire people to replace them but there'll be a job for them when they come back as well so yeah so it's a bonus when they come back you're going brilliant I've got two amazing trained people exactly. know the business know the team yeah. um but yeah I think I, what I would say is it's not as scary as business owners think the sickness yeah the sickness isn't great but I've got to say in the past we've not had particularly bad sickness with the pregnant people and those that have you feel like they're playing on the system a little bit yeah we've we've had a couple over the years but generally no and generally it's more a case of trying to get them to stop working <laughs> so yeah. you know because our policy is that they stop 11 weeks before but they, they they don't have to um but we try and get them to stop 11 weeks before because physically it gets harder and harder those last 11 weeks it does and one thing I've noticed is if it's not getting harder for them it's getting harder for their partner and what yeah. we don't want is a broken partner as well so yeah. you do have to say look it's coming towards the end now you know it's getting tougher so. yeah absolutely but there's some forms around it as well aren't there so when they when they first get the confirmation of their dates they have to give you a form so that you know when their expected date is and then you can plan everything around that and then there's certain elements when they are on maternity leave about keeping in touch and there are laws around it but also you have to assume they're going to be off for a year um, unless they let you know otherwise so there's a few things around it that you need to sort of work on there's actually a masterclass in the training library on um maternity pay and sick pay it's a combined one from um from peninsula um which is really useful if you need to brush up on on what to do um for a it sounds pregnancy. like i might need to know that i'm not as up i think to date you should brush this. up yeah <laughs> i, think, I might have not, to 
do you know I think this is the problem with business owners like I've watched that I've obviously been through the pregnancies and things like that but when you're not dealing with something day in day out you cannot retain that knowledge and this is what I love about the DCBN library because it's all there and there are things that I've presented on that I knew incredibly well but maybe four years later I'm going what what was that little detail I was supposed to know yeah and it's like having a hive mind it's like you can go oh yeah that's what I was supposed to do and it's just there at hand because as business owners we cannot remember everything not combined with everything we've got going on day to day and so suddenly you find out that someone's pregnant or two people in your case and you go where do I go it's awesome to know there's a video yeah yeah watch the video then you've got the documents the risk assessment and say if you need a loan working policy in conjunction with that there you go you've got everything that you need just from that as well as having the the hive mind if you like the community and um, to ask the questions of as well perfect perfect well thank you very very much and to the person with that question I hope that helps you now and hope everybody's all that turned out absolutely yeah. fine and um, we do love answering these questions and people are always putting scenarios up and um, it's always good fun to answer this one's been really good because it covered so many different aspects I love this one um but yeah, keep sharing them. We'll keep answering them. If you'd like to join the DCBN or want to have a chat with Diane or I, please get in contact. And um, we want everyone to succeed in the cleaning industry. It's an exciting time. And we look forward to speaking to you all again soon. Thanks, Louise. Thank you. Bye-bye.